If you have your Bibles, open them up to Philippians chapter 4. This message was burning in me this week. And it was so cool how it comes. I love when the Holy Spirit gives me a message. I, I just, As I always say, it's fresh out of the Holy Ghost oven. Amen? It's a right now word. So look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Let's start with here to kick this thing off. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. And it says these words, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I like that. Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, in other words, a lot things like these you can think on, right? And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Say these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Today, I want to talk about a topic that the Holy Ghost gave me. He revealed to me during my time in prayer. Uh, Throughout the week when I'm here, I spend time in between my office and this sanctuary. I spend a lot of time in this sanctuary. I know people who come in during the week, uh, Chris in particular, he'll come in and he'll say, yeah, a lot of times he catches me in here praying in the spirit and in prayer. I've walked this sanctuary all week. Lord, give me a word in praying for the people of LWC. So if you notice your life's getting a little bit better, just know someone's praying for you over here. Amen. All right. So you have a covering. Trust me. All right. So the Holy Spirit was showing me a key on how to release the supernatural power of God in your life. Now, of course, it comes down to a heart issue. Say heart. Oh, yes, yes. Pastor James was bringing it down to the heart issue again, right? Everything in the New Testament deals with the heart, not the beating pump here, but your spirit man, right? Who you really are, the one that God created you to be. Today, I want to talk about this, the power of focus, the power of focus. What you focus on will determine the direction of your life. You ever have that when you're driving down the road, you see something on side of the road, and all of a sudden your your hands start to swerve in that direction. You ever been there? Because your focus determines the direction of your life. Now, focus is a spiritual law. Now, what does that mean? Anytime when you hear me say it's a spiritual law, it means this, that this law can be used for good and it can be used for evil. It's a spiritual law. The power of our words can be used for good. It can be used for evil. But it is a spiritual law. Whatever you focus on in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of darkness, that's what you will attract in your life. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. Listen to me. Focus and desires are twins. What you focus on will grow a desire in your heart. But on the other hand, what you desire is what you're going to give full attention to in your life. Now, 1 Corinthians 14.1 instructs us as Christians to desire spiritual gifts. You remember that? We read that a while back. And it is implying that your desire or your focus. See, you could replace the word focus with desire. Wherever you see desire in the word, you could put the word focus in it and you'll do no injustice to the word of God. All right, But it says that we are to desire spiritual gifts. In other words, you are to meditate upon them. You are to think about them. You are to see yourself operating in them. And there's something about desire. There's something about focusing on that thing the Holy Ghost is trying to get across to us, saying if you will desire them, you will operate in them. Guess what? If you don't desire them, guess what? You're not going to. Right? So the Holy Ghost is trying to give us a key here. What you focus on in the spirit realm, you will attract that thing. Now, unfortunately, people who are in 
in the occult, in witchcraft, unfortunately, they've picked up this truth, this spiritual law to be used for evil. But church, it's time for us to pick this thing up. It's time for us to take the, the, the baton. See, whatever the enemy does in the kingdom of darkness, that's a counterfeit for the real thing. Are you hearing me? That is a counterfeit. The enemy cannot create anything. All he can do is twist. I, I like to say this. The devil's a pervert. He perverts. He twists. He counterfeits. What did he say? He said, I will be like the Most High. I will be like. What does that mean? I'm going to counterfeit everything that God does. There's a counterfeit for everything that God has. But we as the body of Christ need to rise up, take our place. Amen? Do you want to be uh, used in the healing ministry? Sister Carol, I love that word today because there are people sitting in this service. There's people listening around the world right now to the internet, this message. You guys have gifts. You have talents. You have a call on your life. And it would be a shame for you to live your whole life and never fulfill that thing. It's time to rise up. The Holy Ghost through Sister Carol today was trying to get your attention. Do you want to be used in the healing minister ministry? Put your focus on that area. Study up on healing, right? There's something interesting. Look at Mark chapter 16. Go there with me. Mark chapter 16. This jumped out at me. I'm talking about today the power of focus. This is a spiritual law. This is a biblical thing. <laughs> and it says this. Oh, it's Mark 16, 19 through 20. Mark 16, 19 through 20. It says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. Here's, here it is right here. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. If you want to see healings take place, start talking to people about healing from the word of God. You want to see miracles take place? Start preaching about heal, uh, miracles. Are you following me? Why? Because I, you even pull it out of there. What you focus on, what you preach is going to manifest in the natural realm. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. I love that. What you focus on, what you focus on, focuses on, focus on, causes everything else around you to be tuned out. This is now. Listen to me. This is the importance of the power of focus. I don't know about you, but if I'm home and I'm watching TV, right, a game or something, and Marianne tries talking to me. All right. If I'm focused on that game, all I hear is Charlie Brown's teacher over here. Are you hearing me, somebody? Why? Because I'm not focusing on her. I'm focused on something else. What you're tuned into, you will tune everything out. And that's why people hear the devil clearer than God. Because they're tuned in. They're focused on what's going on in the natural. They're focusing on the enemy. Guess who you're going to hear? You're going to hear from the enemy. You want to hear from the Holy Ghost? Start meditating on things in the Word of God. Mm. I'm telling you, that is... Think about that. When you're focused on something, everything else is tuned out. The Holy Spirit, listen to this. Oh, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me during my prayer time. Here we go. You know how some people say, I never hear from the Holy Spirit. He's never talking to me. Here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. I don't have a silence problem. My people have a focus problem. Oh, come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit is always speaking. The Holy Spirit is always trying to lead and guide you. The question is this. Are you tuned in? Are you listening? There are so many distractions in this world. The God of this world with a small g, Satan, he will make sure of that. There, say distraction. Distraction is an enemy of focus. Sister Linda talked about that on Wednesday night in her little teaching. Right? She said sometimes you need to pull yourself away, even from family, and get in that prayer closet to hear from God. There are so many opportunities to be distracted. Distraction is the enemy of focus. 
The enemy knows the power and importance of focus for the Christian. Say focus. That is why the enemy is always trying to creep into our thought life. The enemy is always, the battlefield is what? In the mind. The thought life. All right? Now, this is really interesting. Let's define the word focus here. Man, this is good. Listen to this. Focus is defined as this. The center of interest or activity, the state or quality of having or producing clear visual definition. Oh, this one is the rich one right here, people. To adapt to the prevailing level of light and be able to see clearly or to pay particular attention to. But this one jumped out to me in my time of study. To adapt to the prevailing level of light and to be able to see clearly. And the Holy Spirit spoke this to me when I read that definition. He said this. He said, you can either adapt to the darkness or to the light in a situation you're encountering. Are you hearing me? The question is, what one are you focusing focusing on? Oh. See, every situation, there's an opportunity to either trust God or to fall into unbelief and be overtaken by that trial. The eyes of faith focuses on the light in a situation. The Word of God, it says, is a lamp unto my feet. They focus, the eyes of faith focuses on the promises of God in that situation. So in a situation, you have a choice. Say choice. Say, I have a choice choice. to believe or not to believe, to fear or to fear not. A revelation came to me this week about about the topic of fear. And the Holy, I was praying in the Spirit right down here. And when I, and I always have a piece of paper, I have the Bible with me. And when, when, when a nugget gets dropped, I'm grabbing that thing and I'm writing it down, right? But I was, I was, Thinking about fear, and this dropped in my spirit. The enemy, when the enemy, a spirit of fear, co- tries to come upon us, right? The enemy's always trying to get us in fear, right? And here's what's happening. The enemy's projecting, get this, their fear upon the Christian. Because the enemy knows what's coming for them in the future, the lake of fire. Are you hearing me, somebody? So the enemy is trying to project their fear. Trust me, the enemy's fearful. You don't think the enemy doesn't know what the Word of God says about his future? So when the fear tries to come, so all the enemy's trying to do is project their fear in the kingdom of darkness upon you. Here's why. Because they know, they know, if they can paralyze you with fear, they can stop you from being a threat to the kingdom of God. If, if you are a fearless Christian, you are a Christian that is unstoppable against the kingdom of God, a uh, kingdom of the enemy. You're unstoppable for the kingdom of God. Amen? Look at 1 Timothy 1.7. 1 Timothy 1.7. Let me show you something here as we dig a little deeper. I'm talking about the power of focus today. The importance, the power of it. It's a spiritual law. 1 Timothy 1.7. Very popular. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I want you to notice, the, the very opposite of fear are three things. Power, love, and a sound mind. Here's what fear is. Fear is an out-of-control thought life. That's all it is. Fear is an out-of-control thought life. It's focusing on the wrong thing. You see, when there's a spirit of fear present, you want to know what happens? A spirit of fear is like a magnifying glass focusing on the wrong thing. That's all it is. Come on, right? Am I the only one that's ever been in this situation? How many of you know when there's a situation and you fear, how many of you know that thing looks huge? That mountain, that situation looks huge. Amen? But fear is a liar. See, you and I are always, we're always focusing on something. The question is, is it the right or the wrong thing? What are we focusing on? 
So remember this. I said this before, and I'll say it again. We always have faith in something. But is it the right thing? You either believe you can or you believe you can't. Guess what? Either way, you're right. If you believe you can't, you're right. If you believe you can, you're right. Why? Because faith, it's a, it's a spiritual law again. Faith can be used for good. Faith can be used for evil. Are you hearing me, somebody? Say spiritual law. See, these are the spiritual laws that Christians need to be aware of and how to use them properly. See, this is how the enemy comes in. The the Word of God says we are not ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage over us. And he's gotten an advantage over us because of our ignorance or lack of knowledge on spiritual laws. All right? So that's why the enemy tries to tangle our thought life. It begins, listen, it begins as an attack outside. The enemy throws a thought in your thought life. But then you start meditating on that evil or negative thought. Are you following me? Come on. Now, so when you, so the thought begins from, let's say an evil spirit's out here and he throws a fiery dart, a thought in your head, evil thought, right? So now that's not sin because it didn't come from you. But now that thought came in. Now you're really giving that thing some real estate in your thought life. Now you're starting to meditate on that evil thought. Are you following me? You've taken hold of that thought. That's where it crosses the line. Right there. Now you're giving the enemy place. Because instead of casting down that imagination, as the Word says, you didn't cast it down. You brought it in. You made it nice and comfortable. Right? Come on. You gave that thing some real estate. You say, go ahead. Pitch your tent right here. You can have this whole 20 acres in my thought life. Come on, somebody. Let's throw an example out here. How about someone who, who maybe uh, stepped out into sexual sin or something? It, it, it started in as, a, as an attack from the outside. You gave it thought. And then, get, get this, when someone makes it their own thought, are you ready for this? Here's what happened. Listen to me, kids. I'm telling you right now, you high schoolers. You've made it your thought. Now, here's what happens when you make it your thought. Because your focus determines the direction of your life. Here's what happens. You meditate on that thing. Man, that that sin, that temptation. You start to, not even knowingly, you start to go in that direction. You start to do what the Word says, make provision for that sin. You start to set that thing up, man. You're, You're setting that thing up. And you, sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't, right? Oh, come on, somebody. Let's just say, I don't know, let's just say something like an affair or something. I mean, you start meditating on this thing, and all of a sudden, you're starting to think about that person more. Don't do it. Are you hearing me, somebody? You start to act in that way now. And you start to drift. In, why? Because... Your focus determines your direction. Are you following me this morning? This is exactly why Philippians 4 is written to us. Go back to Philippians 4. Let's break this down a little bit more. Oh, this is good stuff. Ooh, man, this stuff. This teaching right here will prevent you from falling into a pit that the enemy is setting for you. Amen? Philippians 4, let's look at just 6 and 7. Let's break it down a little bit more here. And it says this, Be anxious for nothing. Say nothing. I don't know, last time I checked, nothing in the dictionary means nothing, right? All right, so be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, these are a powerful couple of verses here telling us how to shift our focus. Say shift. How to shift our focus here. It says, be anxious for nothing but pray. Now, remember this. Wherever the Word of God commands us to do something, wherever it warns us us of something, wherever it encourages us to do something, there will always be a temptation in your flesh to go in that direction. And we must counteract that temptation. Say counteract. 
Now listen to me. The, counteract, the counteracting action for anxiety and fear, the Word of God tells us right here, is prayer. Now, let's, let's dig a little deeper here. The counteracting action for anxiety and fear is prayer. Don't make prayer your last resort, but your first priority. This is where the body of Christ has missed the instruction here. We've made the problem the first priority. Then we use God as our emergency. God, get me out of... Right? Come on, somebody. This says be anxious, but take it to prayer first. Don't put your focus on the problem. Put your focus on God. Oh, so listen to me. So this is our instruction from our creator himself. Do not, uh, don't you think that he knows what he's doing? Probably the one who created us, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth, right? This is our manual. I think God knows a, a little bit something about the spiritual laws and showing us how to activate them, right? When we shift our focus away from the problem and upon our Heavenly Father in prayer, something happens. What seemed so huge, so overwhelming, doesn't seem so big now when you made God your first priority in prayer. Guess what? The power of focus. The power of focus. Because you shifted your focus to the one that is greater than it all. You shifted your focus to the one who can change the situation around. And your spirit man, here's what happens. When you go to God first in prayer, your spirit man gets strengthened and it rises above your emotions. That's why it says in the word here that the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Your act, I'm telling you right now, your spirit man picks up on that. There is a spiritual shift that takes place on the inside of you. So it says that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus if you make God your first priority. Now, here, here's the thing. Ready for this? I'm going to drop this little nugget on you. Now, if you walk away from praying... You walk away from praying and you're still anxious, you have a focus problem. It's not God's problem. Are you hearing me? God's telling us what to do. If you walk away from prayer and you're still anxious, you're still fearful, you, there is no change on the inside of you, that peace that passes all understanding was not released, you have a focus problem. Now look at Philippians 4, 8 through 9. It says... Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, and anything that lines up with the word is a good report. Amen? If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate. Underline that word. Meditate. Meditate. You could throw the word focus in there. You would do no injustice. Meditate. Focus on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard in me, these do in the, in the God of peace will be with you. Obviously, Paul did a wonderful job of doing this because he's saying, hey, I'm an example to this. Watch, watch my life. Watch how I operate. That's what he was telling them, right? But this is powerful. This is a key right here. So the word of God is telling us to shift our focus. It's saying if what you're meditating on, what you're focusing on doesn't fit in this criteria, all these things that are listed, if, if what you're thinking about does not fit in here, get rid of it. Your focus is off. All right? Because whatever you focus or meditate on, that's what you will attract in the spirit realm. Either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. So the Holy Spirit has given us keys in his word how to tap into and how to be kingdom-minded. Say kingdom-minded. He's showing us how to release the blessing of God in our life. That's the Holy Spirit's whole job. That's why Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to teach you all things. 
He's going to take this word. See, I love it because the word of God, it's like it has the general promises that belong to us, right? But the Holy Spirit comes along. He's the one that shows us how to apply it to the, to the every situation, how to every, out of every little area of our life. Amen? The teacher expounds on it. Oh, I like that. So your focus will determine what miracles you will tap into. Go to Matthew 14. Let me show you something here. Matthew 14. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. What you focus on will determine what, what miracles you tap into in your life. Uh, Matthew 14, 27 through 33. <clears throat> and it says, oh, I love this. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. This is where Jesus was walking on water. And Peter answering him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come, come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water. When's the last time you walked on water? Are you hearing me? But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, we're talking about focus, he was afraid and beginning to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hands and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. I love where Jesus said, be of good cheer, guys. It's me. It's me, Jesus, right? Now those, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me when I read this. He said, it wasn't the word come to Peter that, that made him walk on water. It was the words before it. Jesus's words before he said, come, set an atmosphere of faith and created faith in Peter. Are you following me? Woo, listen to me. Spoken words create an atmosphere. It caused Peter to focus on Jesus. The words, that's why the words you listen to will either put faith in you or fear in you. Be careful who you're listening to. Be careful what you're watching on TV. Are you hearing me, somebody? Spoken words create an atmosphere. It caused Peter to focus on Jesus and caused him to step out of the miraculous. Now, However, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, right? It created doubt and it caused him to be subject. Listen, he took his eyes off Jesus. I love this. It, he took his eyes off Jesus. He sank and it made Peter subject again to the natural realm. Oh my. Okay. All right. Hold on here. Okay. Hold on. <clears throat> So obviously, there was a faith that got built in Peter, right? That caused him to surpass the natural realm. When's the last time you guys walked on water? He walked on water. He literally walked on water. His faith caused him to bypass all of the natural laws. But then, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he seen the waves. Guess what? Just as fast, fast as that faith came, it shifted. Yes. Now he's subject to the natural realm, the laws of the realm, and he sank. Yes. But he did walk on water. Yes. This is the same Jesus. This is the same God that we serve today. If you needed to walk on water, you can walk on water. Are you hearing me? This isn't just for back then. This is for now. We serve the same God. Amen. And he's trying to give us a clue. I, I find that very interesting. As, faith, as fast as faith came, doubt came in. My goodness. He took his focus off of Jesus. It created doubt. I love it. And he caused him to be subject to the natural realm again. How depressing, right? I'll tell you, when you're, when you're in, you ever been in prayer and you can just feel yourself. You're in the spirit, man. I mean, you feel like you're floating. I mean, you're at such a level in the presence of God, right? Powerful. So just, I wanted to point that out. Notice the quick transition, how, it, how the transition between the miraculous and the natural realm can shift like that. 
That's why I said last week that Elijah, the prophet who called fire down from heaven to all the false prophets, right? Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. And he starts running for the cave. All of a sudden, this this mighty prophet, right? Man, he, God is doing everything he's asking him to do. But you see this guy, you got this Jezebel saying, and this guy's running, man. He's afraid. Because words create an atmosphere. On that word that Jezebel spoke, there was, an, a, there was a false anointing from a demonic spirit on it. And he took and he shifted his focus. Are you hearing me? I'm glad I did that little run because maybe I woke someone up in here. So it's all good. <laughs> all right. Now, here we go. What about Paul and Silas in prison? We sing about it today. Go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Come on, somebody. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 26. I'm talking about focus. Notice, Peter had a a focus. He had faith and he had focus. He had faith because he had focus and it caused him to walk in the miraculous power of God. You can do the same thing. Amen? Acts 16. Oh, come on. I love miracles, signs, and wonders. How amazing. How exciting in the kingdom of God. They're happening, and they will continue to happen here at Living Waters Chapel. Amen? Acts 16, 25 through 26. But at midnight, say midnight. Are you in your midnight hour? Come on. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, say suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Paul and Silas, how many of you know, they had a choice to make. They had a choice. They were bound in chains in a filthy prison. How many of you know it would have been very easy to focus on that fact? And fall into hopelessness, fall into depression, and all of its kind. Amen? But they said, you know what? You know what we're going to do? We're going to shift our focus on God because he's the only one can save us. They shifted their focus on God by praising and worshiping God. And all of a sudden, an earthquake happened. The miraculous happened. I'm talking about tapping into miracles because focus matters. Wow. They had a choice to make, and they made the right choice. By their own free will, they decided to shift their focus on the Lord. And that focus caused them to draw upon the miracle working power of God. They were set free. And this is the importance. This is what I want to point out here. This is the importance of praise and worship. Praise and worship shifts your focus from the natural realm back into the spirit realm upon your heavenly Father. That's the importance of it. And this is why miracles, signs, and wonders happen in an atmosphere of praise and worship. Because your focus shifts on God and His ability, not human ability. We're limited. See, that's why... Let me just set the stage for whenever we do praise and worship in the beginning. What we are trying to do is we're trying to shift your focus... Oh, yeah, we're trying to praise God. That's what I'm saying. We're trying to get your focus out of off of all the junk you went through during the week. Anybody else gone through junk? Come on. I mean, in the secular realm, come on. It's all over, right? So what we are trying to do is to shift your focus. And that's why, like I said, couple, three songs in, that's when you really start to feel Wow, I'm starting to feel the presence of God. I'm, I, I'm starting to feel a lightness in my soul. Are you hearing me? Because your focus starts to shift. We're not just, trust me, everything that's done in a church, church service is for a purpose. We're not wasting our time. We're not just up here to have a concert. We're not, uh, we're not up here. Are you hearing me? I mean, it's, it's, everything is focused on creating the proper atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to minister to you. That's what we're here for. And to me and to the pastor. I need it, Lord, right? We all need it. Amen. So 
Um, so that's why miracle signs and wonders happen in a, an atmosphere of praise and worship. The, the focus begins to shift, okay? The Word of God says in Psalm 22, 3, that God inhabits the praises of his people. See, it, it, here's, here's the thing, ready? It isn't true praise and worship unless your focus is on him. If your focus is not on him, it's just a song. It's a dry and empty song. Are you hearing me, somebody? Praise and worship. This is, here's the thing. I'm giving you some nuggets, nuggets here. Praise and worship are a condition or a focus of the heart. It's not words. It's a condition of the heart. That's why it's possible to sing those songs and there's no presence of God on it. It's all about focusing on him. The condition of your heart toward God. Because the connector between you and your heavenly father are not words only, but a condition of your heart. That's why Jesus told the Pharisees, Jesus told the religious people this. He goes, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Ooh, wow, man, what some wise words from Jesus, isn't it? Think about that. Think about the Pharisees, the religious people back in the day, thought they were great, right? They were doing all the rituals and and everything the, the churchy people would do back then. But Jesus came down and he brought the sledgehammer on them, baby. He, he gave them some spiritual smelling salts, right? He says, let me let you in on a little secret, guys. I know you're doing a lot. You think you're doing a lot for me, but your heart's far from me. In other words, there's not a connection there. Wow. That's why the word of God tells us to keep ourselves from idols, or anything that would take our focus off of God. If you truly want to walk in the power in the presence of God in your life, the key is this, have an undivided heart. Absolute focus on the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, Benny Hinn, one of the the ministers who really impacted my life when I was younger, and um, he would tell stories when he would experience the presence of God. He said he would be out to dinner with friends and the Holy Spirit would say, you need to go home and pray. And he would be like, Lord, I'm out to dinner with friends. What can I, you know, I mean, this is kind of awkward, right? Go home and pray. How bad do you want my anointing? He's trying to show Pastor Benny Hinn that focusing on him in undivided heart will cause the power of God to flow in your life like never before. Amen. See, Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords, but have you truly made him Lord over every part of your life? Your focus is so important. It determines what realm, natural or spiritual, that you're drawing from. What pipe are you plugged into? Amen? Your focus determines the effectiveness of hearing from the Holy Spirit. The sensitivity of not only your spiritual eyes, but your spiritual ears. Did you know that we have spiritual eyes and we have spiritual ears? Just like you have them in the natural, you have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. The Word of God talks very clearly about it. Now, here's another account with Peter that's packed with gold nuggets. Real quick, go to Acts 10. Acts chapter 10. And so this is the account where God was giving... Peter, a vision that was revealing that salvation was being opened up to everyone, right? All right, so here's an important key. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 19. Let me show you. I'm talking about focus. I'm saying if you will focus on spiritual things from the Word of God, if you will focus, you will hear from the Holy Spirit clearer. Look at this. Acts 10, 19 says this. While Peter thought about the vision, Peter was thinking on the vision. He was meditating on it. He was focusing on the vision that God gave to him, right? The Spirit said to him, behold, there are men seeking you. I want you to notice right there that as he was thinking about these spiritual things, the Holy Spirit spoke. Here's what I want to challenge some. Some of you have gotten prophetic words in the past. Some of you have had 
uh, visions from the Lord in the past, I want to challenge you this, and I feel the Holy Ghost all over this. I want you to meditate on those words. I want you to meditate on those visions. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit will give you further guidance about those things. See, a lot of times, in fact, the Word of God says war with those prophecies. How can you war with something you're not focused on? Go back and think about those spiritual things, and the Holy Spirit will speak. See, when the Holy Spirit's giving you a spiritual vision or a dream, who, how many of you have spiritual dreams? Amen? Yes. If, when the Holy Spirit's giving you a spiritual vision or a dream, He's trying to shift your focus. That's what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. Say, He's trying to shift my focus. That's right. If you will make time and clear out every distraction and spend time with the Holy Spirit, you will hear Him clearly. Clearly. Again, let me remind you, the Holy Spirit said these words, I don't have a silence problem. My people have a focus problem. Focus on Him. Amen? I'm talking about the power of focus for us as Christians today. Quickly go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Oh, my watch is broke here today. Sorry, guys. No. <laughs> All right, I'm almost done. But... Uh, Proverbs 4, uh, 20 through 27. This passage of Scripture screams focus. Watch this. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. All four lines there. Talk about focus. Are you following me? How important is this then as a spiritual law for us? Verse uh, 22. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes, here it is, look, let your eyes look straight ahead. And your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. In other words, focus straight ahead at me and ponder where your feet have been going. You've been going in the wrong place. You've been walking into the curse. You probably are on the devil's territory. Are you hearing me? Do not let that, do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Everything screams focus in that. Now, I'm convinced, listen to me, I am convinced the Holy Spirit like illuminated this to me. I'm convinced that many people are not healed or they lose their healing because of a, of a lack of focus on the Word. Absolutely. This verse tells it right here. It says, if you focus on my Word, you make it the center of your life. It says it's even health to your flesh. To your physical, say physical body. Say the word of God is health to my physical body. I am convinced that many people uh, don't get healed or they lose their healing because of a lack of focus. When someone gets an evil report from the doctor, they put their focus on that. And that's where fear creeps in. Are you hearing me? Remember this, the truth in the Word of God will override the facts in the natural realm, but it takes you shifting your focus to make that transition. Now, real quick, look at this. Look at that again, 20 through 27. Read that in reverse. My son, don't give attention to my words. Don't incline your ears to my sayings. Uh, let them depart from your eyes. Don't keep them in the midst of your heart. You, you see what I'm saying? If you read it in reverse... Doesn't that, isn't that kind of a wake-up call there? Then it won't be health to all your flesh. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm not doing any injustice to the word there. Now, uh, how about another guy who focused in Acts 3? He was focused, uh, the lame man, he was focused when Peter came up to him. You know, he said, hey, I want some money. I need some alms, right? And Peter said, well, I don't have that, but such as I have... You know, be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk, right? What was Peter trying to do? Shift that man's focus. See, that man was going to stay lame because he was just focused on the natural realm. He was focused on just getting money. I'm telling you, if you need a healing in your body, 
every part of your life. I'm telling you, you better make the word of God the major part of your focus in life. Put it, write out scriptures on note cards, put them all over the house, write it on paper, put it it on your door, put it in front of the mirror in the bathroom. And when, when it's in front of you, speak the word of God. How bad do you want it? Come on, I'm telling you, I, I promise you with the word of God, if you will make the word of God your focus, your physical body will respond in healing. John, in my last passage here, uh, John chapter 5, 1 through 8. John chapter 5, 1 through 8. I'm telling you, focus is key to receiving from the Lord. You have to. And after the, uh, John 5, 1 through 8, real quick. And there, uh, in this, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into that pool and stirred up water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water, remember this is still Old Testament, Jesus hasn't died yet, right? (laughs) Was made well. Whoever stepped into the water first was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man uh, who was there who had a spirit of infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, I love Jesus, man. He is amazing. So you got this guy who's had this infirmity for 38 years, right? Jesus comes up to him and says, do you want to be made well? Listen to what this sick man said. And this is like many in the body of Christ now. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming toward the pool, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. The man was focused on people helping him getting into that pool. I love how Jesus comes along and asks one question. Huh, do you want to be healed? Think about that. And I ask people who need a healing in their body today, do you want to be healed? Do these things. Make the Word of God your focus. Amen? Amen. Every word in the New Testament is trying to shift our focus. Every word trying to get you a kingdom mindset. Amen. Many Christians are stuck in a a blaming, complaining mode. They've almost made the sickness and disease part of them. If you knew you understand what I'm saying, it's just part of my life. That's who I'm always going to be. That's where the shift needs to change. You need to start seeing yourself healed and without that and focusing on the word of God. That goes with physical healing. That goes with emotional healing as well. Are you hearing me, somebody? And the last thing I want to say, Acts 26, 18, Jesus talks to Paul on the road to Damascus. And he says, he says to Paul some important words and tells Paul what his mission is. And he says to open the eyes, their eyes from the darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to the power of God. He's talking about spiritual eyes. See, preaching, he was telling Paul what his mission was. And he said, when you go and preach the kingdom, it's going to open people's spiritual eyes. It's going to open people's spiritual ears. Are you hearing me? And open their eyes. And, And the Holy Ghost showed me this. He said to open their eyes that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And then there's a word there that just blows my mind. And an inheritance among those who are sanctified. I find it interesting that Jesus separated forgiveness of sins from the inheritance or the benefits of the gospel. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said, many have received forgiveness of sin since many have been born again, but they haven't received the inheritance that has been provided to them because their focus is off and they are distracted. People, we need to get back and focused on the Lord. If this doesn't motivate you to spend some time in your prayer closet at home, if this doesn't motivate you to get into the Word of God, to see your life change, I don't know what will. 
Amen. Church, we need to shift our focus and begin to truly tap in to the wells of salvation that Jesus purchased. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this word. Focus, focus. Holy Ghost, you're trying to get our attention. You're trying to say, focus. Use that spiritual law for the kingdom of God. Too many are using it for the kingdom of darkness. Too many are unknowingly using it for the kingdom of darkness. But Father, right now we commit to focus. Here's what I want to do. If there's anybody in here, I'm just, I'm shifting things up a little bit here. If someone, if you've been convicted by this message or, or you just see the, the importance of focusing back on the word, that it can open the miraculous cause you to walk in the power of God. If that's you, if you are committing, Lord, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to open the altar. Come on forward if you want to do that. Join and just spend time with the Lord by yourself here. Just spend time. You, this, I'm, I'm giving an altar call in response to the message this morning. It's just between you and the Lord. Come on up here and you just spend time in pr- prayer and just lifting your hands to the Lord. Now, I will talk to another group of people, those who have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. If you're in this place and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. And I want to give you an opportunity to get saved today, to be born again. If that's you, I want you just to go over there by the tree on the side there, and I want to pray with you after service to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. It's time for you to walk in the purpose of God for your life. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you, you know, you fall, you were, you're born again, but you've fallen away. And frankly, if you were to die today, you don't know if you'd go to heaven. You don't have that confidence in you. You, you need to rededicate your life. If you want to rededicate your life, just go over in the corner there by the tree and I'll pray with you after the service. Maybe there's someone in here, you've been a Christian, you love the Lord, but man, you, you just feel weak. You feel powerless and you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism today and you want to be eligible to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, you want to walk in the miracle working power of God. You know what? Jesus did not do one miracle until the Holy Spirit came upon him. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism and walk in the miracle working power of God, I want you to come over here on the side and I'll pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Now, maybe there's someone here. You need a physical healing. You need you need to touch body, soul, and spirit. Or you just want prayer for anything. Meet me on the side there and I'll pray with you as well. Silas, if you'll just turn the music up here. As people here, if, again, this altar call here. You heard the message and you're responding. You're like, God, I want to focus on you. Forgive me for not focusing on you. If that's you, get out of your seat and come forward. I'm telling you, there's something about coming forward, stepping out of your seat, and and it feels like something breaks, right? The Holy Spirit meets you in that place because you're putting your faith into action. So here's what I'm going to do right now. If anybody needs prayer for those other four things, meet me over by the tree. Other than that, if you want to stay at the altar, just Silas, just kind of keep the music flowing. If you want to just stay up here for a little bit, I'm going to end the service now. Visitors, thank you so much for coming today. You're only a visitor one time. After that, your family. Amen? So Wednesday night prayer, 7 p.m. Come on out. It's a wonderful time of prayer. The rest of you, if you need to talk to me, meet with me, please contact me. I want to spend time with you and get you to get to know you all. And I'm going to be contacting you, you guys and setting up time to meet because we need to get to know each other more. Amen. Everybody have a blessed week. And remember, miracles, signs, and wonders belong to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. The rest of you can stay at the altar, do whatever you want. God bless you all. Thanks for coming today.